What's up, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Sports Talk Buffalo. I'm your host, Drew. Yes, it has been a few weeks since I put out an episode, but I am back and ready to rock and roll with more Buffalo Sports Talk for you. Quite a lot has transpired in the last few weeks with the Buffalo Sabres organization, including Jack Eichel voicing his displeasure with the organization and the way it is heading as of right now. The Buffalo Sabres have also fired GM Jason Botterill. They hired a new GM in Kevin Adams, and the Buffalo Sabres are now officially in offseason mode. We're going to talk about all that in this upcoming episode, so stick around and let's have some fun. Before we jump into this episode, I just wanted to take a quick time out to say thank you to everyone who listens to me and continues to listen to me on a weekly basis. Remember, if you like what you're hearing, make sure you subscribe to me on the listening platform of your choice and leave me a good thumbs up rating so that more people can find out about this podcast. Also, if you like this podcast, do not underestimate the word of mouth. Make sure you tell your friends, you tell your family to give me a listen because they might also like what they hear. You can hear me on any of the major podcasting websites, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and of course, right here on Anchor. You can follow me on Twitter at SportstalkBuff1. That's SportstalkBuff1 on Twitter. You can also email me at SportstalkBuffalo at Yahoo.com. Once again, thank you for listening. Now let's get on with the rest of the episode. All right, let's jump right into things here in episode number 61 and start talking about Kim Pagula, the president of the Buffalo Sabres, saying weeks ago that they were going to stick with Jason Botterill. They released a statement saying that they have insider information and that the fans might not know everything that is going on. They have an inside look as to what's going on in the organization and that they were happy with Jason Botterill. Now, some things happened a few days ago, I don't know if there was an interview or what have you that the Pagulas didn't really like, and they ultimately ended up firing Jason Botterill, and they hired Kevin Adams. Now, they did not do an extensive search at all in terms of trying to find a new GM. As a matter of fact, they didn't even interview another GM at or interview another candidate for GM at all for this job. They just hired Kevin Adams. Now, if you don't know who Kevin Adams is, I'm going to give you a little bit of a background about him as we go on here. He played 540 games in the NHL, amassing 59 goals and 77 assists for 136 points, and he was also an assistant with the Buffalo Sabres for two seasons in 2011 through 2013. Also in his playing days, this one's going to sting a little bit for Buffalo Sabres fans. He was on the Hurricanes team that beat the Buffalo Sabres team and ultimately went on to win the Stanley Cup. So he is a Stanley Cup champion also. After his assistant coaching career was over with the Buffalo Sabres, they brought in a new coach. Obviously, everyone was fired after that. Uh, The Pagulas asked him to be the vice president of the Harbor Center and the director of Uh, the Academy of Hockey in the Harbor Center in 2013. So he has been with the Buffalo Sabres organization and Pagula Sports and Entertainment since 
2013. He was promoted to GM of the Harbor Center in January of 2019. And then in September of 2019, he was promoted to the Sabres Senior Vice President of Business Administration, and he oversaw the day-to-day operations of the Sabres organization. What he brings in is a lot of experience with the Buffalo Sabres organization. He has helped completely reshape the organization on the business side of things. And I think that the Pagulas feel very confident in his ability to handle the business side of things in terms of being a GM. Now, what it looks like to me is that they're going to give Ralph Kruger a greater uh role in the Buffalo Sabres and being able to sculpt this team by hiring Kevin Adams as the GM. He is effectively going to handle the, it looks like he's going to effectively handle the business side of things and that Ralph Kruger is going to be able to bring in the players that he wants and 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 mold the team in the way that he wants to mold the team and how he sees fit. That is what it looks like to me. Now, obviously, you know, things could be vastly different. Maybe Kevin Adams just had the complete and utter trust of the Pagulas uh, after working for them for such a long period of time. It looks like, and then in the, uh, interview that Kevin Adams did do with uh, the Buffalo Sports Media. He said that he had been essentially interviewing for the GM job for the last nine seasons, which is essentially true. He has been with the Buffalo Sabres organization since 2011, and I think he brings a lot of experience. I know that this is his first general manager job in the NHL, but if you look at his background, it is a lot more impressive than you would uh, expect it to be for him to be a first-time general manager in the NHL. He brings a lot of experience in terms of being a general manager. I know it's not in in NHL capacity, but he brings it in and being able to get the Harbor Center up off the ground and really cultivating a very successful thing that we do have in the Harbor Center. He, I'm sure he was an integral part in being able to bring the NHL combine to the Harbor Center and holding it there for the foreseeable future. He was an integral part in making the Harbor Center what it is today, and it is a fantastic facility with uh, great training programs, and a lot of young players come here from all over the country and train here in Buffalo at the Harbor Center in their training facility. So it was clear, though, that the Pagulas were not happy with the way that the organization was going and the way that it was drafting because not only did they fire Jason Botterill, they fired a lot of the front office, including, I believe, all of the amateur scouts for the Buffalo Sabres. So now it is going to be tasked to Kevin Adams to come in and hire and reshape this entire organization, how he sees fit, essentially. They are really giving him the keys and trusting him to build this thing up the right way. Now, that being said, how long does he really have to build this thing up the right way? I know that, you know, they they tried to give Jason Botterill some freedom to bring people in, and you go over some of the things that Jason Botterill has done. You know, obviously, he... He's made some really, really terrible moves. He made some decent moves in there, too. He brought in Yoki Haru for Alex Nylander. That was probably one of his better trades. 
He did bring in some uh, some other guys. He did bring in uh, Jeff Skinner, who had a fantastic season. But then one of the mistakes that he did make was signing him to that massively uh, overpaid contract for Jeff Skinner, $9 million a year. No, he is not $1 million less talented than Jack Eichel. He's about $2.5 million less talented than Jack Eichel. And Jack Eichel took a bargain for the Buffalo Sabres to make the team better. And the Sabres so far have failed at every turn. Now, Jason Botterill also made some very, very questionable moves in his time with the Buffalo Sabres. He traded Scandella for a fourth and then flipped that fourth into Michael Froelich, thinking somehow that that was going to bolster the Sabres roster. I That was an absolute head-scratcher to me. Now, yes, I was in agreement that they needed to make a move. There was a log jam on the back end for the Buffalo Sabres. And if Scandella needed to be moved, that's fine. If any one of those guys, essentially, except for Rasmus Dahlin, needed to be moved, I was completely fine with that. But the return is key in these situations. And Jason Botterill just does not seem to, did not seem to have the right mindset or frame of mind or whatever to make good trades for the Buffalo Sabres organization. Like I said, he turned a a Scandella essentially into Michael Froelich. And then later, Scandella turned around into a second round pick for, uh, I forgot who they traded him to, but he turned around and, and was turned into a second round pick. And all Jason Botterill got for him was a fourth round pick. So Botterill got fleeced again. And, you know, they let they let Lawrence Pilot walk to the KHL without any compensation whatsoever to get him into the Sabres. He, he spent most of his time down at Rochester, and most people thought that he should be at least in the top six for the Buffalo Sabres. And it just mismanagement seem, it was seeming at every single level, and it just wasn't looking like it was going to get any better. So the Pagulas pulled the plug on Jason Botterill. They went ahead, hired Kevin Adams, and now he's really going to have to do a masterful job in order to get things back on track for the Buffalo Sabres. Now, the Sabres have some really, really nice pieces moving forward, but that is going to be up to you know, management and whatnot to surround these guys with the pieces necessary for them to be successful. Now, a big thing or a big story that a lot of people are going to talk about is obviously the comments made by Jack Eichel. You know, the Pagulas came out and said, we stand behind Jason Botterill. He's going to be our guy. You know, they issued a statement saying that they know more than the fans know and that the fans, you know, they shouldn't be upset that we have insider information, as I mentioned earlier. And then Jack Eichel comes out with a comment or with comments about how he's frustrated and things like that at his end of the season press conference after it was announced that the Buffalo Sabres did not make the 2014 playoff that was approved. And here are the comments that Jack Eichel made to the Buffalo sports media that a lot of people believe is what got Jason Botterill fired. Listen, I'm fed up with the losing and I'm fed up and I'm frustrated and, um, you know, it's definitely, uh, it's definitely not an easy pill to swallow right now. It's, um, been a tough couple months it's been a tough uh been a tough five years with uh with where things have went so um you know I'm a competitor I want to win every time I go on the ice I want to win the Stanley Cup every time I you know start a season um 
you know, I've already started preparing for next season now. I'm already back on the ice. I'm already training. I'm already doing things to try and better myself for the, you know, start of next season whenever that is. And, um, you know, I'd be lying if I said that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not getting frustrated with where things are going. And, um, I think we took a step this year, but, um, you know, I will say it's been a pleasure, uh, you know, working with Ralph and, you know, he does so much for our group every day. Um, you know, and, and there are tough times and, you know, he does an amazing job of bringing us back in and, 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 uh, you know, narrowing our focus, getting us back to, uh, you know, where we need to be mentally. And, um, you know, just a few times that I've spoke with him, you know, throughout this whole quarantine, whatever you want to call it, it's been, uh, you know, it's been good. So, um, but, uh, yeah, I'm definitely, uh, definitely not in the, uh, you know, greatest place with, you know, where the last, you know, little bits went. And, um, it's definitely, uh, it's definitely worn on me. Now, those were the comments made by Jack Eichel. And of course, I believe it was the next day or two days later that Jason Botterill was fired. It wasn't long after those comments made by Jack Eichel that Jason Botterill ended up getting fired from the Buffalo Sabres general manager job. And Eichel, rightfully so, is very frustrated. He's been with the Buffalo Sabres for five seasons. The closest they came to the playoffs was 81 points in his rookie season, and they have just not gotten any better since then. Now, there was a lot of things that the Sabres did. Most, you know, that they tried to essentially build a winning team, but what they did was they leveraged, they they tried to win too fast, and I think everyone wanted them to win fast. Of course, nobody really had a problem with a lot of moves that were being made, but they gave up a lot of draft picks. They gave up a lot of uh, future prospects and really emptied the cupboard to try to win right now, and it just didn't work. It completely blew up in their faces, and right now the Sabres are in a very, very tough spot. You have news medias and other podcasts and everything else saying that Jack Eichel is maybe one, maybe two seasons away from potentially asking for a trade away from the Buffalo Sabres organization. And I have to tell you right now, as a Buffalo Sabres fan, if that day comes and Jack Eichel gets so fed up with the Buffalo Sabres that he does ask for a trade, you might as well just pack the franchise up and take him out of town because the franchise is not going anywhere. If somebody like Jack Eichel walks out that door, you will not have any big-time free agents that will ever, ever want to come here and play for the Buffalo Sabres with the Pagulas at the helm. You might as well pack the team up and move them to wherever you're going to move them to because the Buffalo Sabres will be dead. Now, with that being said... Who is, if if they even entertain trading Jack Eichel, I will lose my I will lose my mind. I've been a Sabres fan for decades, and I would absolutely lose it if the Sabres managed to somehow run a franchise player like Jack Eichel out of town. Now, I only thought Jack Eichel would be a seventy-five to eighty-five point year player. I thought that that's kind of where he would plateau, and I thought that he would kind of be like a John Tavares type player, where that, you know, he's a really, really talented player, but, you know, he wasn't the guy that we're 
we were billed when we, you know, when we were excited when we first got him. Last season, he took his game to a level that was unbelievable. He came in night in, night out, just the model of consistency. He scored points every single game. He was he was the team. The Buffalo Sabres without Jack Eichel might as well be an AHL team. That is how much talent that they did, did not have on the team last year. But as I said, they do have some nice pieces. And going into the offseason now, it, the Buffalo Sabres, they have a lot of decisions that they need to make. They have so many unrestricted free agents and restricted free agents coming up this offseason that they have to make decisions on. Now, with a lot of these free agents, I'm going to tell, you know, I'm going to run down all of the unrestricted free agents and restricted free agents, and I'm going to tell you which ones I think the Sabres should sign or try to sign. Now, this is going to be a tough task, of course, because you have, I believe they have something like $34 million in cap space, which sounds like a ton of cap space, but in all reality, it's really not a ton of cap space when you have the amount of players that the Sabres need to re-sign or just sign, period. So let's go over the unrestricted free agents for the Buffalo Sabres. You have Wayne Simmons, Michael Froelich, Vladimir Sabotka, Jimmy Vesey, Matt Hunwick, Zemgis Jurgensons, Johan Larson, Scott Wilson, Casey Nelson, and... Curtis Lazar. Out of all of those guys, there's only two guys that I would potentially bring back, and it's only because they bring something that this the Buffalo Sabres don't have, and that's a little bit of sandpaper. That's Johan Larson, but he has to finish his checks like he did earlier in his career and not try to be somebody that he's not like he seemed to try to do last season, although he played a pretty good year. I had a decent year last year. And Curtis Lazar. Again, both of these guys, they bring a little bit of sandpaper, a little bit of grit to this Buffalo Sabres team that they don't have otherwise. That is something that I think the Sabres sorely lacked last year. They didn't really have any sort of identity. And I think that, uh, you know, they just need to be harder to play against. You don't want to be a team like the Toronto Maple Leafs who are supremely talented. They have t- they have so much talent. It's it's they could lose half their talent and still be a playoff caliber team. That's how talented they are, but they are just not difficult to play against. If you come up against a team that is bigger than you, and they just beat up Toronto. They just beat up the Toronto Maple Leafs. You know, if you smash them up against the boards and you make their life a living hell, they have a very difficult time overcoming that. And that's because they don't have a lot of grit and sandpaper on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Now, that is something, again, that I like the Sabres to have. No, I'm not saying that they need to go out and sign a Ryan Reeves or a Dalton Smith who comes in, plays one shift for the Buffalo Sabres and goes away. I'm not saying that at all. I am saying that you need guys who will go to the dirty areas for the Buffalo Sabres. That's something that the Sabres do not have 
on this team. They have a lot of guys that will go and play on the perimeter and are real fancy guys. And, you know, the Sabres might average 30, 40 shots a game, something like that. But it doesn't mean a whole lot when they're not quality scoring chances and when nobody is crashing the net for any of these rebounds. Guys like Johan Larson and Curtis Lazar, they will crash the net and go into the dirty areas and do the dirty work that maybe some of these other guys will not want to do. Now you go over to the restricted free agents that the Buffalo Sabres have, and there are some big names on here, and it starts with, uh, you know, obviously Sam Reinhart. Now, I I think the Sabres would be absolutely and 100% foolish to let Sam Reinhart walk away at any point at all, and I think that they need to work to get a deal done with Reinhart, a, a longer-term deal done with Sam Reinhart to continue to play for the Buffalo Sabres. Now, Everyone keeps saying that he should play center. He should be the Buffalo Sabres second line center and things like that. And I'll get into what I think the Sabres should do or attempt to do in the offseason as far as that goes. But no matter which way you cut it, Sam Reinhart is easily a top six forward in the NHL. And the Buffalo Sabres cannot afford to lose a guy of Sam Reinhart's caliber. This is a guy who will go to the front of the net. He will get beat up. He'll take on Zidane Chara in front of the net, get beat up in Boston in order to tip a goal in or chip it in or what have you. He did have a little bit of a down, uh, more of a down year than his second full season in the NHL, but he was uh, a very effective player still. He's going to be a 50 to 60 point a year guy for the Buffalo Sabres moving forward. That's what you have in Sam Reinhart. You have a top six forward, and you need to keep him. The Sabres are already devoid of talent, so you cannot afford to let talent walk out the door. The Buffalo Sabres need to come to some sort of agreement with Sam Reinhart. Now, if it's a $9 million tag, I do not want to buy that product. But if it's a 7 to $7.5 million tag, I want that product all day long. Sam Reinhardt is a very, very good player. He is comparable to a an Evander Kane, minus the physicality that Kane brings, but he is just as talented, if not more offensively talented, than somebody like Evander Kane. Now, in terms of points, the guys are, are pretty on par with each other, and Evander Kane, I believe, got $7 million a year. So if you pay Sam somewhere like $7.5 million to even $8 million a year, that is something that I and I think a lot of Buffalo Sabres fans would potentially be okay with because I think you know what you're going to get with Sam Reinhart. Another RFA that I would love to sign that we we only seen him for a few short games, but Dominic Cahoon, he showed a lot of potential for the Buffalo Sabres. I know he only played a couple of games, but I really, really liked what I saw with Cahoon. He is a young kid. He has loads of potential. Could he potentially be a top six player? Yeah, I think he could. Could he? I think he's more of a, of a top nine player. He's going to slot in on the second or third line potentially for the Buffalo Sabres. But I think he's something or somebody that I would I would personally like to keep around here in Buffalo. The Pittsburgh Penguins they didn't really want to give Cahoon up, and this is one of the additions that I think maybe uh, you know Jason Botterill should get just a little bit of credit for. I do like this trade. It wasn't a terrible trade, and I do like the fact that they brought in somebody like Cahoon who has a, a lot of upside and could potentially help the Sabres into the future. Another RFA that the Sabres have to think about resigning is Brandon 
Montour. Now, again, I think the Sabres should sign Brandon Montour. Brandon Montour had a very solid season last year. I know that he wasn't, uh, you know, he was billed as a better player than I think we thought we were going, you know, than I think that he really is. You know, I think that we thought we were going to get like a superstar defenseman, and he's not. He's just, you know, maybe a top four guy in the NHL, but I think that the Sabres need to resign him, even if it's just a shorter term deal, if we can get that done. He is somebody that I would like to keep on the back end. I'm going to catch flack for this one. There is no doubt I'm going to catch flack for this one from anybody listening, but I do think if the there is a deal to be done that you need to make the deal with Casey Middlestat. Now hear me out. The reason why I say that is he is still a young player. He's just 21 years old, people. They brought him into the NHL way too soon. I don't believe that he was he should have been in the NHL just one year out of high school hockey. He was in he was playing high school hockey two years prior to being in the NHL. That is not good for his development. I think he needed to be in the NCAA for at least another year and then go to the AHL last year, and then maybe be potentially fighting for a spot on the NHL roster this season. He has shown that he has the ability to score at the AHL level. If you take away his first six games, he had 25 points in 30 games. That is a very good points-per-game clip for a young man in the AHL. Now, again, if the Sabres can find a deal for Casey Middlestat, I think it would be worth keeping him around for a little while longer at least, maybe a season or two, to see if they can develop him the right way and get his confidence back because he has immense talent. He has so much talent. And I cannot stress that enough. I watched him at the World Juniors. I watched him live with my own eyeballs. He is tremendous. He is such a good player, but he needed more time to develop. And the Buffalo Sabres and their organization seemingly rushed him to the NHL too fast, and it just didn't work out for him. With another season... In the AHL, maybe even half a season in the AHL, to continue to produce and play against grown men at a very high level, I think Casey Middlestad can come in and be a piece for the Buffalo Sabres and and really succeed in this organization. The next player that is an RFA for the Buffalo Sabres, Linus Olmark. You have to sign Linus Olmark unless you're going to go out in free agency and try to take a stab at one of the other goalies, like you know maybe a Braden Holpe or a Jacob Markstrom. I don't know if Markstrom's going to actually hit the market. I think uh, the Vancouver Canucks are going to absolutely um, want to keep him around. He was a linchpin in their, their team for the uh, Vancouver Canucks last year, their young team. He was kind of you know the, the anchor that held them all together. I think you have to re-sign Linus Olmark. He played 34 games. He was 17, 14, and I I forget what his overall record was. But in 34 games, he had a winning record. He had a save percentage of, a I think, a 9.15. So he had a solid save percentage. And I think that given more of a workload, he can really prove to be 
the stopgap goaltender that the Buffalo Sabres need in order for Portillo and Uka Pekalukkanen to come in and really take control of the Buffalo Sabres goalie room. Uh, again, I, I like Linus Olmark and maybe Carter Hutton as his backup. Obviously, we have Hutton for a couple more years, I do believe. I don't want Hutton to be the starter. I don't I don't even want to think about Carter Hutton as our starter. He had a god-awful year. But Linus Olmark showed time in, uh, time in and time out that he can be a very capable goalie, starting goalie in the NHL. Is he going to be a superstar? Honestly, probably not. But he is going to be a solid starter for the Buffalo Sabres. You move ahead to Tage Thompson. Now, Tage Thompson was lighting it up in the AHL. They gave him an opportunity in the NHL. He takes a bad hit. I believe he separates his shoulder, and he is done for the year, which is really, really unfortunate because it looked like Tage was about to break out and really become a top six forward that the Buffalo Sabres could have really used moving forward this year while they were battling you know, to try to stay in playoff contention. Now, I would re- obviously I would re-sign Tage Thompson again. He looks he's a big man. He has a potential uh, the ability to play center. Do I think he's going to be a second line center? No. Do I think he could potentially be a third line center? Yes. Do I think he's better suited on the wing at this point in his his career? 100%. I think Tage Thompson has a potential to be a top 6 forward for the Buffalo Sabres and he's another young guy that the Sabres do actually have that I would not want to see walking away from the Buffalo Sabres without any compensation coming back their way. Now, obviously, the last player on this list, last but not least type thing, is Victor Olofsson. How can you not sign Victor Olofsson after the rookie season that he had for the Buffalo Sabres? Now, I, yes, I understand he was on Jack Eichel's wing, He, but he played tremendously. I thought he played very, very well. His shot is unlike anything that even guys like Jack Eichel raves about his shot, saying he's got one of the best snapshots that he has ever seen ever. And Jack Eichel has played with some of the best players in the entire world. And he's saying that Victor Olofsson has a better snapshot than all these guys. Now, I know that Olofsson is an older guy, but he was developed the right way. And he came in and he was able to make an immediate impact for the Buffalo Sabres. And he is a guy, again, a top six forward that you must have in order to to be successful in the NHL. An NHL team needs to be successful moving forward. That's why I really believe that Victor Olofsson should get a fairly substantial payday from the Buffalo Sabres. Now, you go into the offseason, and of course, you still need a number two center. These are the lines that I have as it goes, you know, we go into the next season. You have Eichel on the first line with Olofsson and Reinhardt. You really don't need to change anything there. These guys, you know, they played fantastic together. They have a great chemistry. So why would you want to change that at all? Now, you still have Jeff Skinner. You have him for a quite a long time more. Jeff Skinner on the wing with a free agent that I'm going to talk about. Hopefully the Sabres can sign. And then maybe Tage Thompson or Dominic Cahoon on the other wing. You go to the third line and you have Johansson, 
Cousins, who I think might be ready for a role in the NHL. He absolutely dominated the WHL last year. And then you have Cahoon again, or Cousins, or uh, or Thompson on that third line with Cousins and Johansson. And then your fourth line is going to be Lazar, Larson, and Kyle Ocposo. Now, we're going to talk about some free agents, and I don't want you to bite my head off when you think about one of these guys that I'm going to say. But the first guy is somebody that I absolutely and 100% believe if he is available and the Sabres have the cap space, they need to go out and try to acquire. And his name is Michael Granlin. He is 28 years old. He's coming off kind of a down season, the worst season of his career at just 30 points in 63 games. And you could potentially sign him to a prove-it deal coming off of one of his worst years in his career. So if you think Dylan Cousins has the potential to be your number two center in a year, maybe two, you can sign a guy like Michael Granlin to come in on your second line and center Jeff Skinner and Tage Thompson, and that would immediately make Jeff Skinner a more dangerous uh, player for the Buffalo Sabres. I think it would immediately give you more goals, more offense, 100%. Now, Granlin has the ability to play center and wing, so he's very versatile in that fact also. And he, you have to really look at Granlin. He is a solid player. And again, coming off of a, a down year, I think that the Sabres could potentially get him for cheaper than what they could have gotten him if he came off of the year's previous to the year that he just had. In 2018-19, he had 49 points. In the year prior to that, 17-18, he had 67 points. And then in the year prior to that, three seasons ago, 16-17, he had 69 points. So he is not far removed from being a very, very solid player in the NHL. And I think he will he would potentially be able to sign a prove-it deal with the Buffalo Sabres Uh, to be able to get himself back on track playing with a guy like Jeff Skinner. You know, he's going to be able to to set skins up, score some goals, and and really kind of resurrect his career in Buffalo. Maybe the Sabres sign him to longer term. Maybe they don't if they have the money, if they think that maybe he's going to be able to have continued success with the Buffalo Sabres, then maybe they sign him to a little bit longer of a deal. Or, But if they believe that uh, Cousins is going to be their eventual second-line center behind Jack Eichel, then maybe you try to sign Granlin to a you know, one, maybe two-year deal if you think that Cousins needs a little bit more seasoning and uh, a little bit less responsibility in the NHL. Now, this one is going to probably catch a lot of people off guard, and I want you to bear with me here, but I think that he could potentially be an under-the-radar pickup for the Buffalo Sabres if, 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 I just want to keep saying that, if they did not get Michael Granlin who I something somebody that I really really want the Sabres to go after if they did not get a Michael Granlin I think that they should try to get Alex Golchiniuk now hear me out Alex Golchiniuk is just 26 years old it seems like he's been in the NHL forever that's because he has been he's been in the NHL since he was 8 
14 years old. He is normally anywhere from a 40 to 50 point player. That is somebody that you could potentially get for a very cheap, very short deal because of the way his last season, season and a half, whatever you want to say, have gone with the Pittsburgh Penguins and the Arizona Coyotes. Now, you could get Alex Galchenyuk for cheap and for a short-term deal, and you could potentially get a 40 to 50-point player to plug in on that second line, again, with Jeff Skinner and Thompson or Cahoon or, you know, one of the guys, somebody else that you think may be able to fit there, but I think it's going to be Thompson or Cahoon that could potentially fit there. That will leave you with these with this lineup for the Buffalo Sabres going into the 2021 season. Your first line would be Eichel with Olofsson and Reinhardt. Your second line would be Granlin with Skinner and Thompson or Galchenyuk with Skinner and Thompson. Your third line with Cousins and Johansson or Cahoon. And your fourth line with Lazar and Larson and Ocposo, giving you a defensive, your defense with Middlestat being in the AHL and potentially being able to get up into the NHL, hopefully, if that is a route that the Sabres want to go. Your number one D pairing would be Rasmus Dahlin, Colin Miller. Your number two D pairing would be Yoki Haru and Montour. And your third D pairing would be potentially McCabe and Ristolainen. Now, you can trade Ristolainen if you think you can trade Ristolainen, McCabe, whoever, if you believe that the Sabres have people in the organization that are ready to step up and fill that third D pairing role. But I think your top four defensemen are pretty solid in uh, who you have up there right now. Obviously, your starting goaltender will be Linus Allmark. I think he should get a bulk of the games, 50 to 55 games. I think he should play. And Carter Hutton gets the remaining, as I think he would potentially be a solid ba- or a solid player as a backup goaltender and kind of return to form as a backup goaltender and be the anchor that Linus Allmark would need, you know, backing him up behind him. If the Sabres were able to land a second-line center, I think everything else falls into place. I think the Sabres are immensely better. And I think that if you bring in Granlin, the Sabres go from losing a lot of one-goal games and potentially lose, you know, losing games that they were, uh, you know, come from behind games, essentially, you know, games like Tampa Bay who came back and the Sabres had a 4-1 lead and then, you know, Tampa Bay came back and ended up beating them. Uh, You know, those games, I think they turn into wins for the Buffalo Sabres. And that is really what I believe could potentially, if they don't get into the playoffs with that, they should at least be battling for a playoff spot. In my opinion, I think the Sabres, really have an opportunity this offseason to really make a difference. And it it all honestly starts with the number two center. They absolutely need a number two center here in Buffalo. And I don't think Cousins is ready for it. We know Middlestat's not ready for it. You go out, you sign Granlin, you sign Galchenyuk, you're bringing tons of points in. And I think everything else falls into place for the Buffalo Sabres. But that's going to do it for this episode of Sports Talk Buffalo. 
Remember, if you like what you're hearing, tell your friends, tell your family. They can hear me on any of the major podcasting websites, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and of course on Anchor. You can also uh, follow me on Twitter at SportstalkBuff1. That's SportstalkBuff1 on Twitter. You can hit me up on either of my emails. I have one. It's SportstalkBuffalo at gmail.com or sportstalkbuffalo at yahoo.com. You can reach me directly through those emails, and I will respond to you as soon as I get them. Also, just want to say thank you guys for listening, and I hope you have a fantastic week, and be safe out there.